I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Educational freedom is one of the pillars of the show in 2024, as most of you know, if you've been watching, listening, or participating in this program in some way, shape, or form over this past almost month now. So today, I'm actually focusing on that movement here in my state of Illinois, as we look for an update on what is kind of the only known avenue for educational freedom in this state, the Investing Kids Act. Also, We're going to talk union membership and its effects on education and other areas in this state. That's right, because all politics are local, folks. So while it affects me, if you're not paying attention, it's going to affect you too. And I'm going to be joined by Miley Smith of Illinois Policy to discuss it all. So it's time for a Deep Dive Thursday. I'm Andrew Coppins, and this is Critical Thinking. So before I bring Miley onto this program, a little housekeeping for the show. Number one, do not forget that you can just simply subscribe, follow, whatever your favorite podcasting platform does, but make sure that you're able to see or, well, hear this program every single Monday through Friday. And of course, if you want to see it, you can go to X, where I'm at The Coppin Show, or you can follow on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Also, Fridays, usually it's my best and worst takes of the week, but this Friday is a bonus deep dive, if you will, because I'm going to be talking about what's really happening on the border. Yes, Texas versus the feds, all the way to answers as to how in the heck are people who allegedly have no money managing to make it across an ocean or two to get to our southern border? The answers are probably going to blow your mind, but they're important. They need to be addressed now because we're having part of the right conversation, but not the full conversation. All of that out of the way, folks, as those of you who have listened and watched to this program know, there are going to be four areas that I focus on for Liberty's Last Stand, and one of them is educational freedom this year in 2024. It just so happens that one of the biggest losses to educational freedom 
is actually happening in my state of Illinois. And it's something that I have highlighted in the past with our guest coming up shortly, Miley Smith of Illinois Policy. So today, I'm bringing Miley back on to give us an update on where things stand in the new year. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring Miley Smith on. This is not the first time, not the second time, but I think the third time that you've been on this program. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, and last time we talked, um, obviously it appeared that the Invest in Kids Act, one of, I would suggest, the more unique ways in which school choice has been funded in America, mainly maintained by the state, but then it's really privately funded, as we've talked about, um, was about to sunset come January 1st. So it also seemed like it had little chance of a future, but January 1st has passed. So first and foremost, as we've talked about, where does the program stand as we sit here near the end of the first month of the year? Yeah, so sadly, the program has died. It has expired because lawmakers failed in their fall session to extend it through this year and beyond. And, you know, what's really interesting is that 18 other states created or extended programs in 2023 for private school choice and Illinois ended it's only private school choice program. So it really has become, you know, it's already an outlier in so many ways. Um, now it's even more so when it comes to private school choice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've highlighted this a thousand times on my program is that this state is an outlier for almost, it, it is bucking the trend of economic or educational <laughs> freedom or any any sort of freedom, if you will. Um, it, it is kind of bucking yes. all the trends. I. I I don't know where else I could, how else to say it, but, um, so then I guess my question, since we know that this is dead, um, what are the chances of its resurrection, if you will, come come the next legislative session? You know, I, right now they've started their legislative session. I haven't heard of any bills that have been introduced at this point that would resurrect it. However, I think that it would really behoove our lawmakers to listen to the people. This should have been a political no-brainer for them. It was a wildly popular program. So poll after poll after poll showed the majority of voters supported this program. And it, it's not even like, oh, 51%. It was like voters supported this by like three to one in one of the polls. In another, 71% of black voters and 81% of Hispa Hispanic voters supported it. So this mm -hmm. was a wildly popular program. It should have been extended. And, and anything that the teachers unions, who were the main opponent, um, brought up, like you know, funding for public schools, well, during this time, funding for public schools actually went up. This took nothing away for public schools. So, you know, if, if if politicians, if lawmakers in our General Assembly are listening to their constituents and what the people want rather than what the teachers unions want, then this should be resurrected in some form or manner. Yeah, and I think that's the the interesting part of this is the doing the opposite of what the people who you're supposed to represent actually want you to do. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But knowing that they're not listening, knowing that there is no real movement on any sort of bill um, to reinvigorate this, what can citizens in Chicago and elsewhere in the state do to actually help advocate for this act to be resurrected, stay in place, or even improve upon what this was, because there are a lot of people who say that this didn't go far enough. 
Right. And it, you know, and that right there is very interesting because this, because it expired, it has stripped the scholarships from nearly 10,000 students. That's a lot of students on the one hand, and it's heartbreaking that they're losing their scholarships. On the other hand, that is a very small group in, to pose such an existential threat to the teachers unions that they had to squash it. Um, so, and they, these are low income children. Um, so teachers unions were so threatened by this that they had to you know, finish it off for low income children. In terms of what to tell the public, you know, it's always hard in Illinois um, and, and some things can sound kind of like try, you know, like contact your lawmaker, but seriously, contact your lawmaker. Um, tell them that you support this program. Tell them that they need to listen to the people rather than the teachers unions. And something that we have seen following the years of COVID, particularly because parents are seeing what has been happening in their schools and they've seen how much power teachers unions have run for office, whether it's at the local level or the state level, run for office, go to your school board meetings, go to committee meetings within your city, find out what's going on within your towns, within your districts, um, because that is going to allow you to see where things need to be changed um, and prepare you to potentially run for office yourself. Yeah, and sometimes it can seem cliche, right? Be the change, be the action, do those things. But that's the reality in a lot of municipalities, even in a city like Chicago. We were going through that transition into a fully elected school board and, and all of that sort of stuff. So there's how you can get involved. And as we have pointed out, whatever demographic you want to break it down, this type of educational freedom has been very popular. So- right. This is where no matter if you're far left, far right, um, if you're just kind of in the middle, not paying attention, if you're whatever demographic and you want to get on the school board, this is a way that you can affect some of this and buttress some of this. But as we've noted, one of the biggest opponents, as you have told me, is the uh, teachers union, right? Whether that's the Chicago Teachers Union, the Illinois Teachers uh, Association, um, the national level of that, Randy Weingartner and or Weingarten and all those people. Mm-hmm. My question right. though is just exactly how powerful are these teachers unions in this situation? In, in not just that, but what is their stance really even built upon other than a political power grab? It, <laughs> I it is a power grab. Okay, <laughs> so fair enough. The, the number one thing. Um, and, and when you look at, and I would add this to the last question too, like follow the money, see where the money is coming from um, before you vote. And this is the money for this program, or I'm sorry, against this program came from the teachers unions, um, nearly $1.5 million in the five months leading up to the fall session came into lawmakers coffers from teachers unions alone. Um, so they were pouring money into this to defeat it. And and what we're, we're seeing here now is that it's kind of a paradox in a way because we are seeing members of teachers unions and unions in general in Illinois leaving their unions and yet unions have such a stranglehold on what happens in the state. They represent very few of the people, you know, comparatively across the state. And yet Mm -hmm. they have so much money that they can really tell lawmakers what to do and lawmakers are beholden to them. Yeah. And and I think, 
you know, I keep going back to this. If you can find it, go to YouTube, go and find Local One. It really dives deep into not just how in, how Chicago Teachers Union works, but how it's had an outsized influence up the chain. And, exactly. and people need to understand it on a fundamental level because it's where you live. And we've talked about that in the past. But um, the biggest question that I get is how is it possible that they that unions as we've seen them lose membership and and we'll talk about those numbers in a in a moment but how is it possible that they get an outsized influence in the state I, it it is i don't care whom i'm speaking to this is whether they are more democratic more republican here in this state or here in this city it blows their mind how this is even possible. And I keep sure. telling them, how many, do you even know who your state representative or your state senator is? Could you name that person? There's your answer. Right. And our laws, and this is, I think this really floors people, our laws are set up to favor the unions over the power of the people. Um, I think we've talked before about Amendment 1 that was enacted now two falls ago um, in 2022. That amendment allows government unions to bargain over anything. So we're not just talking like economic, like wages, health benefits. They could already bargain over those. This allows them to bargain over anything. And it allows them a permanent right to go on strike. So they can bargain over anything, have a permanent right to go on strike, and the amendment prohibits lawmakers from ever inhibiting that right. So they have, they in Illinois actually have the most extreme power of government unions in any state to the point where they can actually overrule, override laws that they don't like through their collective bargaining agreements. So let's say that teachers unions don't like I'll just say like maybe there's a an evaluation of teachers rules in mm -hmm. Illinois law, um, something fairly innocuous to the rest of us or, you know, something that has to do with standards in schools in Illinois law. If the teachers unions don't like it, they can write something different into their collective bargaining agreements and that trumps state and local law. And it's really mind blowing. I've talked to labor experts in other states. And when I explain that to them, they're like, wait, what? You know, because it's 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 so contrary to our American system of government that a mm -hmm. third party special interest can actually override state law. But that's what we have in Illinois. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting to see that go up the food chain to federal court, to the Supreme court to, to say, is this even close to legal in our system? Cause I, it blows my mind. And, and I'm, you know, as deeply involved in this as, as, more well, more deeply involved than most people. It just blows my mind. Um, now, I want to get into union membership because I want people to understand this and how outsized it is. We've talked about it from the teachers' union perspective, but it's not just the teachers' unions here. Yeah. And this is, we've talked about Local One and why it matters because it's a model that's being planted everywhere else in this country whether it's big city or suburb or exurb or rural, um, you have to pay attention to this. Right. But one area that many believe to be a stronghold of union membership is government unions beyond teachers, okay? So what does the data that you guys have been working from tell you about 
the assumption of government being the stronghold or the the last bastion of union membership, and that's what's really hindering things in the state. Sure. So first of all, um, you made an important distinction because there is a distinction between those private sector unions that we think of, like I'm from Peoria originally. I think we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. UAW here with Caterpillar, you know, that's that's private sector. Then you have these government sector unions. And that's really what we're talking about with this stranglehold of power over the state and local governments. Um, and that's the teachers unions. Yes, but it's also state and local workers. It can be the clerk's office. It's all sorts of government workers. Mm-hmm. What we have seen, um, particularly with the government sector unions, is a downturn in union membership since 2017. Um, That year, 2017, was the last full year of reporting before the Janus versus AFSCME decision with the Supreme Court. And that's when the court ruled that, wow, this is wrong to force government employees to pay a union just to keep their jobs. Um, And so since then, what we have seen in Illinois is at least 36,000 people have rejected union membership since that decision. So it's gone down by 8.5%. Now, it is government sector that makes up the majority of our union members in Illinois, um, but private sector is going down as well. And the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics just released some information this week about overall union membership. So both public and private in Illinois and the other states. And when you look at nationwide, it pr- remained pretty much the same from 2022 to 2023. Um, mm-hmm. But in Illinois, we saw 27,000 workers reject union membership between 2022 and 2023. So it has continued a 24-year downward trend of people rejecting union membership in this state. Um, So it's down to only 12.8% of our entire population, uh, or or, our our entire population of employees um, are are unionized and belong to a union. So it's really a very small, you know, all that to say, the numbers are showing us both with the government sector and the public sector, these numbers are dwindling because people don't like their unions. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, and I wanted to kind of hit on that because, as you know, I'm a data guy, and in a trend that I'm following, or maybe assumption would be the right word for this, but I'm finding it that many people seem to be rejecting union membership, not because they don't believe in the bargaining uh, powers of their union, but there seems to be a rejection of the political and in moving this as a purely partisan political machine 
Is that what you guys are finding as you're doing your research? We are hearing that. And even before the Janus decision came down, we were assisting government workers um, opt out of their unions or try to get out of their unions. Um, and since then, that is what we're hearing, that people don't like the politics of their unions. They also don't like how the politics of the union is replacing what the unions are really supposed to be doing, which is representing teachers. And uh, we were talking about Chicago Teachers Union, but that's a, a perfect example mm -hmm. of, of what's going on. You know, they are the strongest union in the state, and yet they are losing members. Their membership dropped last year by about 500 people, probably more than that because it didn't include all of the numbers yet from last year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when you look at their records, only 17% of their spending is on representing teachers, which is supposed to be the core purpose of the union. So teachers and other government workers are seeing that their government unions are prioritizing politics over actually representing their members and they don't like it and they have a right to opt out. And that's why we're seeing, you know, 36,000 plus people saying no to their government unions. And for those who reject the government union, those who reject their union, wherever it is, what can they do to, number one, affect their workplace and their environment? And outside of that, what can they do to kind of buttress this massive politicalization of the money that's spent rep representing them? It, yeah, it, it is almost as if there's got to be a... Uh, an organized or not even an organized effort, but some sort of an effort to fight and say, Hey, th there's gotta be some limit as to what they're doing politically versus what they're doing to represent us. Yeah. Is there any effort that you are aware of to really work that way? That that's a great question. And there, there is something that's kind of a, a little known way to continue to have union a union represent you, but not belong to these powerhouse government unions. Um, unfortunately, it's it's a an uphill climb. But if you have the other employees with you, it is something that's possible. And that is to one decertify the union that is currently representing you. Um, and this is particularly, I think, interesting in the school district context and outside of Chicago, because Illinois Federation of Teachers and Illinois Education Association, they are so politically involved in spending money on things they shouldn't be. And yet you mm -hmm. have, when you look at the state, the majority of the state does not believe the things that they are putting money into. And so what those teachers can do in other districts is to decertify their union. Um, so that means they would no longer belong to Illinois Federation of Teachers or the um, Illinois Education Association. Then if they wanted to still have union membership, what they can do and something that we have talked with many teachers about is to create a local only union. And what I mean by that is they're not affiliated with all of these very powerful government unions. This is just like a group of teachers that they still see the value in belonging to a group. They still see the value in having someone negotiate a contract for all of them rather than every one of them going in and doing it separately. And that's something that allows them to retain power at the local level rather than just sending their money up the chain. Um, and that that happens with all unions, whether it's government mm -hmm. it, with with teachers or other government unions. 
the majority of their dues don't stay local, they go up the chain. Um, and so that is a possibility for um, teachers unions, particularly teachers to pursue. They could become a local only and take that power back from these state and national unions that are so political. Yeah, and we're even seeing that happening kind of sort of here in the, the city of Chicago, where we're seeing all sorts of people attempting to locally unionize on a private scale. And we're actually seeing businesses just saying, no, we're shutting our doors because we can't do this. The demands, the the political demands that are being made from a workers' rights perspective have We've seen the effects of it. We've seen businesses right. shutter. We've seen corporations. We've seen all sorts of people go elsewhere or shut businesses down. And it's actually having an effect on our economy here. To right. that end, have, have you guys kind of explored that at all at Illinois Policy? Like what the economic effect of this politicalization of unions has kind of been about? We haven't as much because what you're referring to is more in the private sector and our focus with unions has been mainly on the government sector okay but it raises an important point between the two and that is in the private sector unions can only demand so much before the business bolts um one of my favorite examples is hostess i love twinkies in fact i have some hidden in my office right now <laughs> so that my kids can't find them um but several years ago there were multiple bakeries that were on strike and hostess couldn't meet their needs without folding and so they they did they closed so there was a period of time when you couldn't get a twinkie um now they're back up and running but that's not what happens in the public sector. Our government, and this is, you know, when you talk about economic impact, the reason that Illinois is in the financial dire straits that it is, is because of all the demands that government unions have placed over the years. And they treat the people of Illinois like an ATM. Governments aren't like businesses. If the government doesn't have the money to pay for these union demands, it just gets passed on to the taxpayers in the form of higher property taxes, um, higher income taxes, whatever the, the case may be. They try to pass that on either locally or through the state legislature to the private citizens so that we just keep funding the demands of the government unions. All right. So to that end, um, we've kind of hit on some of the answers, right? We've mentioned running for office. We've mentioned, you know, kind of paying more attention to whom is there. And, and it would shock people to see the amount of state representatives, state Senate races, um, local school board races that are just unopposed. Right. Uncontested. That's right. Completely uncontested. You don't have to be a perfect person. And I've told people all this, I've, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do anything. You would be surprised at considering how uncontested these things are, how easy it is for you to get onto that ballot. But beyond that, given the political influence of the Chicago Teachers Union, given the political influence of up the, up the food chain with government unions in general, mm -hmm. what are some things the average citizen beyond running could do here in Illinois to help buttress against that influence? Is it really organizing? Is it, what is it? First of all, I would say follow the money. Before you vote, follow the money, because that should really inform the way in which you go into the voting booth or do it by mail, however you do it. Um, yep. Figure out 
where the government unions, particularly the teachers unions, are spending their money. Because if they are supporting one particular candidate, and this is very important as we're going into this year with the Chicago School Board elections, like who is CTU supporting? If they're supporting a particular candidate, you can be assured that that candidate is not for parental rights. They're not for transparency. They're not for school choice. So I think the you know number one thing that people need to do in the state of Illinois is to inform themselves on who is being supported by the government unions, and you know that is a good indicator of why those um, particular people are running and what their stances will be. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think following the money is a really good option in this state, and it's probably been that way for my entire life. Follow the money, and you'll find out where the corruption is. You'll find out where that outsized influence is. And simply having a option, an option to go mm-hmm. elsewhere, to to really buttress against that is the important part of this. And if, if you want change, that's what you got to do. Um, but beyond all of this, as you're watching union membership, as you're watching educational freedom and, and some of the options that, well, apparently are not coming from this, what is Illinois policy looking at and advocating for in this legislative session? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and some of the things that we're looking at may not sound like they're related to unions, but it is, it is in a way related to our economy. Um, so for example, um, less regulation of of particular professions so we've seen this across yeah. the nation with Don't um, regu- yes regulations on particular professions like hair braiding um cosmetology different different areas of business that are heavily regulated and um it, it's an area that keeps people from being employed it's something that they're good at um it's obviously overregulated. Um, so that's one of the things that we are looking at this year. Um, and this is an even year. So technically it's supposed to be, um, there, there are fewer like substantive bills that are considered. So, you know, part of this is also just kind of playing it by ear and seeing what our lawmakers are are interested in doing. Um, and we're just now in the beginning of the session. So exactly what happens and and the lawmakers that file bills still kind of remains to be seen. In, in one of the other areas, is, as we kind of talk about schools and um, property taxes and all of those things, have you guys done any work with the Bring Chicago Home effort and the Chicago transfer tax? Or is that something you guys have stayed out of? So we have we have written on that. We've written on the mansion tax um, and people can learn more about that at our our website, which is illinoispolicy.org. Um, you can also learn there as you are heading into voting for elections. We are frequent, frequently writing about where the money is going. So if that's a question that's come up, well, how do I follow the money? Our website, particularly in the Chicago area or as it relates to statewide um, lawmakers, we're writing about who is getting what money. So that's a great place to go. Um, and if people want to watch, you've mentioned Local One, um, our documentary, that's at chicagoteachersunion.com. Um, so that's another great place people can go to become informed on exactly what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, you've got, you've had a couple of pieces uh, lately on Illinois policy. You have anything coming up down the pipeline that people should be aware of? 
Well, you know, we will be watching what goes on with Chicago Teachers Union in the coming year, because not only have we, we've already mentioned the school board elections and the way that the union uses uh, the money that they obtain from their members, um, but it's also a negotiation year. So their collective bargaining agreement oh, expires. And yes, so they will be negotiating a new contract with Brandon Johnson, who, of course, they bankrolled. Yeah. <laughs> There's my question. Can you negotiate <laughs> against yourself? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and so it will be, but, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what he does, because I do think that he has had his eyes opened since coming into office on exactly how hard it is to govern when you don't have any money. And there are a lot of other things going on, going on and a lot of people clamoring for more money. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, regardless, you know, we need to be watching what they're negotiating over. Unfortunately, one of those perks that unions get in Illinois is that it's all secret until it's final. Um, but we'll, we will be watching that and going through the union contract, highlighting things that are already there that are very problematic for parents and the public. Um, so that's one area that we'll be watching. But I am sure that Stacey Davis Gates um, is going to present to us numerous scandals and controversies like they did last year um, with CTU and its poor financing, um, deficit yeah. spending, and people running from the union. Yeah, no no doubt about it. So continue to watch over at IllinoisPolicy.org, correct? That's correct, yes. All right. Well, thank you as always for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on talking education, union membership uh, down the road. Uh, but yeah, if, if people wanted to follow any of your work, IllinoisPolicy.org, anywhere else? Um, that's the best, ChicagoTeachersUnion.org. Uh, com. And then if they are interested in leaving their union, we also have leavemyunion.com where they can obtain information for themselves or to pass on to their friends and family about what these unions are really doing with their money and how they can get out of their unions. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the program. I look forward to speaking with you very soon. Thank you. All right. All right. So I think Hopefully you guys got something out of that conversation. While the machinations and inner workings in your state may be very different, what the left is attempting to do is to use these government unions, is to use that cachet, the, the power, the, the power of the purse, and knowing that you're probably not watching to affect change in their direction, whether that's a red state or a blue state. Take a look at your school district and ask important questions of where the money is going. Follow it. Be attentive. In fact, I would garner a guess that if you were to attend an actual session of your village board or town hall session or your city council, you might be surprised and shocked, well, maybe not, as to just how much information you can get and how little the citizenry is paying attention and attending these things. So if you're looking to find ways to influence in the correct way into a liberty-focused way, you might actually have an outsized bit of influence by simply getting involved. And with that, folks, I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals. And as always, Matthew 547. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.